Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. God, we ask that it would be your words that are heard today and not mine. Lord, that, that this would be a time of Holy Spirit-inspired life change. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we are continuing our study in the, the Lord's Prayer by not moving on from the topic of forgiveness. <laughs> um, yay, everybody says. Uh, as I was kind of just going through this study on the Lord's Prayer, this particular area is one that I find myself stopping at. I, I, I find myself stopping at it for a lot of different reasons. As a, as a pastor, it's important for me to make very well known that sin exists in the world today. <laughs> sin exists in, in your life, and guess what? Sin exists in my life too. I know, right? Oh, who knew? Um, <laughs> sin is a real thing. It is something where, where we mess up. We do things wrong. And it is so important to recognize that that's the truth. That's real. That is, that is an everyday issue that we have to address. And we, as we talked about last week, there is a, a day when we get to go to heaven. We get to be with God. And at that time, the, the, the presence of sin is done away with. There is no more sin in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. But until that time, <laughs> we've got something that we need to deal with. And when the disciple came to Jesus and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. If Jesus says that we need to come and say, forgive us our sins, then my goodness, I probably need to start doing that on a regular basis. I need to make that a part of my everyday life. My everyday existence has to be, God, forgive me. And guess what? It's not just forgive me, but help me to forgive. Ooh, and so one of the, the reasons I, I f- find myself spending more time in this particular area, and I think this is going to be the last, <laughs> but one of, the, one of the reasons I find myself spending more time in this area of forgiveness is that there, there are times where in my life I have struggled with forgiveness. I've struggled with receiving forgiveness for the things that I've done. I've struggled with guilt I've struggled with forgiving other people that have done wrong things to me that maybe in my mind didn't deserve forgiveness. I've struggled with feelings of inadequacy and and all of those things come back to to forgiveness, to forgiveness that we've received, forgiveness that, that grants freedom, right? We just sang all of these different songs about being overwhelmed by by a God who loves us, by a God who has redeemed us, who has set us free, who has restored us to right relationship with God. And if that's the case, if that's true, then forgiveness has to be a real thing. And if it's a real thing from God to me, then my goodness, it should be a real thing for me to everybody else too. And so the question for us today is going to be less of a, let's dive into all of these different areas in the Bible and more, how do we, does forgiveness look in our life? Because really that's, that's the point today, right? We're supposed to take what we learn from, from scripture. We're just supposed to take the, the facts 
that are shared with us through the Holy Spirit, through God's word, and we are to apply them to our lives, and it's supposed to make us act differently. So the, the goal today is to, to say, okay, I'm looking at my life. I see these areas that need to be changed. Holy Spirit, come in and make those changes real in my life. And as I leave this place, I'm different. Sometimes we can let ourselves get off the hook a little too easily. Sometimes I can let myself off the hook too easily as I, I go through and I read scripture, as I, I sit there and pray. I, if I just don't listen, then God can't tell me to change. If I don't listen, then God can't tell me I have to forgive somebody else. If I don't listen, I don't have to go reach out to that person that maybe is a, a real bother to me. Well, Matt, you're a pastor. You're supposed to. No. <laughs> Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another. And how will kindness, how will compassion manifest itself as we forgive each other just as Christ has forgiven us? Now that, that phrase at the very end is very important. It's important because it tells us how we're supposed to model our expressions of forgiveness. Because if we didn't have that phrase, we could just make it up as we go along, and it would be really convenient. We could just kind of do whatever felt good. But it says that we are supposed to model our expressions of forgiveness after God's forgiveness of us. We're supposed to forgive people the way God forgives us. Oh, no. And we have seen over the past couple of weeks, there's a very specific way of how God forgives us. He forgives us by promising not to remember our sin. And so that when we make the promise, which is really what it is when we say, I forgive some, we're making a promise. And this is probably the first challenge because we, we haven't really thought about forgiveness as a promise, I, or I haven't really thought of forgiveness as a promise. God makes a promise when he forgives us, and he says, that thing that you did, I am promising not to remember anymore. And, and when you stop and think about that for a minute, stop for a moment and consider that we have God, the creator of the universe, God who, who knows every fiber of your being. God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing. A God who cannot forget, but yet he can choose by his power not to remember. God who knows everything and yet has made a conscious decision to say, I'm choosing not to remember that thing that existed in your life. I'm choosing not to remember that, that area where, where you hurt me, where you did wrong. I'm choosing, even though I can, even though I have more memory than the entire created universe, even though no computer can even hold a candle to the memory that exists in his existence, I'm choosing not to remember. And, and that's how God looks upon us. That's how God treats us. 
And so even though our lives have been stained by all of these different mistakes that we have made, God promises not to remember our sin. In Isaiah 43, it says in verse 25, I will not remember your sins. It gets, that's pretty clear. We can't get a whole lot more specific than that. I will not remember your sins. And so the, the next important point for us to recognize when we're talking about forgiveness this morning, when we say, God, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us, who have done wrong against us, is that forgiveness is not a feeling. And this is incredibly important for us to recognize because again, forgiveness is a promise. And if we wait for forgiveness to be a feeling, we will never do it. If we wait for forgiveness to be a feeling, we will never do it. And when we do, it will probably have already been too late. But forgiveness is a promise. That promise is is really threefold promise. The the promise is first that I forgive you, and because I forgive you, I am not going to bring this matter up to you again. But also, I forgive you, and because I forgive you, I'm not going to bring this matter up to anybody else again. And I forgive you, and because I forgive you, I'm not going to bring it up to myself again. That is what the promise of forgiveness is. And that is what God has has stated here in his forgiveness is that he is forgiving us completely. And that is what we are called to do is to forgive completely. To forgive and not bring it up to the person, to someone else, or to myself. And so when we say to someone that has come to us seeking forgiveness, I forgive you, And that's really what we're supposed to say, right? It's not supposed to be in, oh, that's okay. No, it wasn't okay. The the thing that they did to you, the the wrong that that happened to you is not okay. And that's, that's just a bad word choice that has crept into Western culture. But really, our response is, I forgive you. And when our response is, I forgive you, what we're actually saying is, I forgive you, and I'm going to do for you exactly what God has done for me. And in doing that, I'm promising that I will not talk about this with you anymore. I will not talk about this with anyone else anymore, and I will not talk about it to myself anymore. I will not dwell on it when I'm sitting alone in my car. I will not think about it when I'm sleeping in my bed. It is gone. I forgive you. When we sit down and we we make a choice to forgive one another, sometimes we feel like it's a, a release from consequences. Sometimes we feel like the giving of forgiveness means that there's not going to be any type of consequence that exists. There's no repercussion. And 
we in our judge righteousness <laughs> say that, well, there, there has to be something, there has to be a consequence, but the fact of the matter is, is it's not up to us to determine what that consequence is for that person. It's, it's not, that doesn't need to be a part of our equation. God will bring justice where there needs to be justice. There are enough consequences that exist in this world that, that those will come on their own. And what we start running into when we talk about forgiveness is this idea of, well, okay, if we can ask for forgiveness, if God has promised to always forgive then I just need to make sure I'm always asking for forgiveness. No, you, you're supposed to try and change. You're supposed to try and grow. You're not supposed to find yourself in this habitual pattern of sin. There's this illustration about this boy and his father, and, and his father told him every time you, you do something wrong, we're going to take a nail and we're going to put it in the back of the, the woodshed and we're going to put it on this door. And so, as any young kid does, he, he did wrong things, just like all of us have done wrong things. And, and as this has happened, he's accumulating this, this sea of nails on this door. And over time, it, it starts just weighing on him. That, that there's this physical representation uh, of all of the wrong things that he has done that are in this door that has been nailed there. And he, he finally is just so broken up about it that he goes to his dad and says, Dad, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. We need to take these nails down. And, and the dad says, okay. And so the dad goes to the door and he takes his, his hammer and he just starts pulling out these hundreds of nails that are in the back of this door. And after he pulls it out, he, the dad goes off and just continues working on his day. And, and the, the little boys look in there and a little bit later in the afternoon, the dad comes back and the boy's crying at the back of the door. And the, the dad comes to the little boy and says, well, what's wrong? He says, well, there, there aren't any nails there, but all the holes are still there. And, and that's what it means. That's, that's why we can't have habitual sin in our lives. God forgives when we mess up. He me forgives when we mess up the first time. He forgives when we mess up the second and the third. The 150th time, he forgives us, but there is still that scar that exists that we will carry around. If we choose to live a life of habitual sin, there is a door full of nail holes. That says, God says, I took care of this, but there is a scar that exists in your life because you've made these choices. And so this morning, if that, that is an area that exists in your life, I'm not going to be able to say that, that you are not going to face the scars of those choices. There are consequences to the choices that we make, but does God forgive you 100%? Yes. Is it possible to make a promise whether you feel like it or not? Yes, it is. For example, I promise 
Diane, <laughs> to run 20 miles with you on Tuesday. <laughs> See, I, I just made a promise. Do I want to run 20 miles with you on Tuesday? No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but it's possible. It is possible for me to make a promise even when I don't feel like it. But I'm prepared to make that promise. And when Tuesday comes around, irrespective of how I feel about it, it is possible now, maybe 20 miles is not possible. I don't know. I haven't trained at all, so I'd probably just die. But um, it is possible. It's, let's say two miles. <laughs> it is possible that even though I don't want to, even though I don't feel like it, even though it's going to really just flat out be uncomfortable the entire time, I could still run those two miles on Tuesday. Is this hitting a little too close to home? When we promise, make that promise of forgiveness, when we don't feel like it, you can make the promise and you can do it. Because forgiveness is not a feeling, forgiveness is a promise, it's a commitment. It's, it's not hypocrisy to say to somebody, I'm not going to bring this up again. I'm not going to bring it up to anybody else, and I'm not going to bring it up to myself as God enables me to do it. Even though every single thing inside of us is 180 degrees opposite to that, saying, yes, I want to talk about this to everyone that will listen because this makes me angry. <laughs> That's not the point. That's not the, the point of what we're talking about here. The, the point is that when we choose to make this promise, that is when God says, okay, you've, you've made this step, and now I'm going to help you with the next step. And does forgiveness take time? Yeah. It does. There, there, it, it takes a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to, to actually just completely, once and for all, erase that type of, of, of remembrance in our lives. Can it happen? Yeah. But it, more often than not, it's something that takes time. at the end of that parable that we talked about last week about the unmerciful servant, the servant who, who after receiving mercy turned to the, the lowly beggar and just chucked him in prison for the, the small amount that he owed. At the end of that parable, it says, and this is how God will treat you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So what we probably need to ask there so we don't run into that situation is what does it mean to forgive our brother from the heart, to forgive those that we come in contact with from the heart? It means that we're supposed to be real. 
Yeah, it may be hard. We might not feel like forgiving, but we are supposed to at least have a general desire for that to take place. Saying, I don't feel like forgiving you, Diane, of the wrong thing that you did to me. <laughs> Sorry, just get to pick on you today. Uh, <laughs> of the, the wrong thing that you did to me, but I'm choosing to, out of obedience to God, to, to make that promise that this is what's going to happen between us. And through the, the grace of God, he will shape me and change me and make me into someone who is able to do that, who's going to bring that about to fruition in my life. And so this desire that I have to, to be in right relationship with each person that I have, this, this desire to forgive, is brought about by the Holy Spirit in my life. Is brought about by me desiring to obey the commandment that God has given that we are to be forgiving. Sometimes there is this feeling that, well, if I can't forget, then I won't forgive. And as we said just a few moments ago, if you don't forgive, you will never forget. If you do not forgive, you will never, ever forget. It is something that will become a part of you. And you have to ask the question, do I want to carry around that burden for the rest of my life? Is this the thing that I'm saying, yes, I want to have this on me for all of my existence? Of course not. Who wants to carry the wrong thing that someone has done to you for your entire life? No one does. Nobody wants that. And so the fact of the matter is, is if, if you cannot forgive, you will never, ever, ever forget. But if you are prepared to forgive, I guarantee you that God will work in you and you will forget in time. So we forgive out of obedience to God. We make the, the promise just as God has made that promise, even though we don't feel like it, even though it just doesn't really fit with, with what we feel like should be happening in our lives, we still make that promise and say, yes, I, I forgive you. And so when we have this process of, yes, I forgive you, there's the second half of this equation, and it's the person coming and asking for forgiveness. And I would say this is equally, if not a harder conversation to have than, yes, I forgive you. It's the person saying, I've done a wrong thing. I have, have messed up. I've wronged you. I've wronged God. And now it's, it's time for me to come and to confess those things, seek forgiveness, seek restoration, and then move on with my life. So often we, when we think about this conversation of, of seeking forgiveness, sometimes we are tempted to go in excess. We're tempted to say, well, goodness, I, I need to ask forgiveness from everybody. 
I have wronged so many different people in so many different ways. And the, the fact of the matter is we need to be careful because I'm sure you guys have, have probably experienced this before where somebody who's maybe a, a follower of Christ and, and it, this may be well-meaning or it may be that they're being manipulative where they come to you and say, hey, I've been around you for the past 17 months and I just want you to know that I need forgiveness because I've just been thinking terrible things about you for the past like year and a half and you are just really been bugging me, but forgive me, please. I've just been super annoyed by you and I need you to forgive me. Or I've been thinking, and this is you know, potentially inappropriate, I've been thinking these lustful thoughts about you and I need you to forgive me for thinking those things. How is that helping anything? That is creating all sorts of problems. And so what we come down to, and this is what one author states, is the circle of confession need be no larger than the circle of offense. And it's a, a very concise way of dealing with this. You don't need to confess to the people that don't know that you wronged them. <laughs> That's a you and God thing. <laughs> and let's be clear, there is a confession that needs to happen, but it's not to that person. Because my goodness, how awkward is that going to be if you now say, yeah, yeah, I've been like attending church and Matt, you've basically just been driving me nuts for the past 17 months and I'm sorry that I felt that way. How, do I, how am I supposed to react to that? I forgive you. <laughs> Obviously, I'm supposed to, but how does that create any type of healthy relationship? It doesn't. And so it's not a matter of, of seeking forgiveness from that person at that moment. It's a matter of seeking forgiveness from God, saying, God, change my heart and work in me so that that is not something that exists so that I can be in right relationship with this person rather than destroying the relationship with the person so that you feel better about yourself. Because that's what it is. It's you're, you're saying, hey, I'm going to just dump all this on you, but now I feel great. Thank you. And I mean, we laugh, but I have been in so many different situations where this exact thing has happened. Where people have shown up and they just feel like they need to unload. And the way they unload is they just dump all of their garbage that they've been thinking internally onto the person they've been thinking about. And now if it's a man and a woman and there's that type of confession about lust, now all of a sudden there's this this broken relationship that exists, and, and I mean, it's a complete disaster in the church that has to be addressed. If there's, you know, an area of relationship, I mean, anytime something like that's brought up, it's typically going to create damage, and it's just not healthy. When it comes to forgiveness. When it comes to the desire for forgiveness or the granting of forgiveness, it costs something. There's, there's a cost, there's a value to forgiveness. It takes everything in us when somebody comes and honestly says, please forgive me.
to be able to stand there and, and from our hearts truly say, I forgive you. I promise to forgive you. I promise that the wrong that you have done to me is not going to be remembered between the two of us. I promise that the wrong that you have done is not going to be remembered between me and anyone else. And I promise that that wrong that you have done is not going to be remembered in my own mind with the help of the Holy Spirit in my life. It's costly to do that because we're giving up our right to hold on to that offense. It's costly because we, we aren't able to, to go out and have those conversations that we in our humanists so strongly desire to have. But when we, you stop for a moment and consider that cost of what we're giving up, I would ask, is it as costly as the price that was paid for our forgiveness? Is our cost, the, the price that we are paying to forgive someone else, as costly as the price that was paid for our forgiveness, for the forgiveness that was bought by Jesus Christ, who died on a cross, who shed his blood, who died and was buried in a tomb and rose on that third day? Is it that costly? And I would say probably not. And so the question becomes, who am I to withhold forgiveness if Christ has forgiven me? I have used the life of Corey Ten Boom as a, an example, as a sermon illustration in so many different, uh, different instances. I may have even shared this specific event, but it is so incredibly powerful to see God working in this woman's life, bringing about real-life forgiveness. Corey Tinboom, for those of you who don't know, was a woman who I believe lived in Belgium. She was part of a family who was protecting Jews during World War II. She was captured she was put in a Nazi concentration camp, and she survived through the end of the war and, and came out the other side of that horrific experience. And, and one of the, the most horrific events that she suffered through that she talks about in her books is there was this time where all of these women were put together and they had to go through the delousing showers, and there was these SS guards that were stationed there to watch to ogle these women as they are being rounded up and put into these showers to be cleaned off. And so all of these naked women are, are, are pushed through, and, and it's this terrifying event that she's gone through. And, and she very clearly is remembering these specific guards that, that are, are watching her. But by the time she came out of the concentration camp, she felt very clearly that she had arrived at this place of being able to forgive 
those that had held her captive, that she was able to forgive the, the people that were responsible for the deaths of her family. That she was able to forgive the, the men who stared at her as she was in that shower stall. And so she began to travel all over the world. And one Sunday morning in Munich, after she had spoken at a church service, as she was greeting people, she noted the face of a man who was standing two, two people back waiting to speak with her. And as he approached with his hand outstretched, saying, it's, it is wonderful that Jesus forgives our sins. She remembered his face. His face was, was one of those guards that had been staring at her in the shower. And her hand froze at her side. And she couldn't speak. Up to this point, she had felt like she had forgiven the people that had done wrong things. She had forgiven all of the, the terrors and the horror that had happened in her life. But when she was confronted with this person face to face, the, the promise that she had made became real. The promise that she had made became so much more difficult. And she prayed, oh Lord, forgive me because I can't forgive And suddenly she says that her hand was unfrozen and the, the ice of hate melted and reconciliation took place between her and this man. Oh Lord, forgive me. I cannot forgive. That is the, the prayer that we can pray this morning. If there is something that exists in your life... Maybe it's with a family member. Maybe it's with a coworker. Maybe it's with a friend who has wronged you terribly. Maybe it's none of those things. Maybe it's somebody that you don't even know that has done, done something seemingly unforgivable. This is the prayer that we can pray this morning. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Because I can't forgive. And when we pray that prayer, if we are, are willing to make that promise to say, God, I, at this time, at this moment, at 1155 at Wood Street Chapel, I am choosing to make a promise. Even though I don't feel like it, even though I have no real desire to, to participate in this, I am making a promise to forgive the way you forgive. And I have no idea how it's going to happen. I have no idea how this is going to work out in my life other than it is going to take your help because I can't do this by myself. If we are ready to pray that prayer this morning, I guarantee you, without a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus Christ will bring about forgiveness in your life. Maybe you're, you're here this morning saying, I need that forgiveness. <laughs> Maybe you're here this morning saying, I have done those wrong things. 
And maybe you need to go seek forgiveness of those people that you have wronged. Or maybe this is a time where you need to seek forgiveness from God for the things that you have done. I guarantee you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus Christ forgives the wrongs that we have done. The blood that Jesus Christ shed on a cross, his grace, as we sang this morning, is enough. Heavenly Father, we come this morning. God, first we come and we ask for forgiveness. God, we ask for forgiveness for the wrong things that we've done. And we are only able to do that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, God, that that brings about grace, that brings about restoration, that brings about a completeness in our lives. Lord, we come this morning and we say, forgive us for the wrong things. We come asking for that promise. And Lord, after, after we've come with that forgiveness, Lord, we, we now ask that you would work in us so that we can forgive those that we need to forgive. God, we don't want to carry those wrong things. We don't want to carry those hurts. We don't want to carry those bricks that are so easy to accumulate in our lives, Lord. Instead, we choose to to set those things aside, to recognize that, that they have been dealt with. That we no longer are responsible for, for carrying that burden. It's not our responsibility to seek for a consequence, Lord. It's our responsibility to forgive. And God, this morning, as we come to this time, as we come to a conclusion, as we come to our prayer time, We ask that you would make us forgivers. Forgive us as we forgive those who have done wrong against us, God. I'd like to have just every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not even going to look right now. But if there is an area in your life that you're saying, God, I I need forgiveness. If there is an area in your life that, that needs resolution, that needs to be restored, if if there is an area in your life that we need to set down to seek God's best, I invite you this morning to lift up your hand. And this is not a, a signal to me. This is a signal to God saying, God, I am choosing this morning to say that, yes, I am seeking your forgiveness for this area in my life. I am seeking out actively your promise that you say that that it is forgotten, that God, the all-powerful, all-knowing, unforgetting God is making a choice to forget this area in my life. Yes, I am asking for that this morning. And now for the hard one. If there is an area where someone else has wronged you, if there is an area where where you have been holding on 
if you are ready to let go of that thing this morning, if you are ready to say, God, I don't know how to forget, but I'm ready to forgive. If you are ready to forgive this morning, again, with every eye closed, every head bowed, I am not looking at you. I invite you this morning to lift up your hand and say, God, I forgive that person. God, I forgive. I make the promise right here, right now in this time saying that I will not raise it to that person. I will not raise it to another person. I will not raise it in my own mind. I choose to release that hurt that has existed that I have been carrying and to instead take up freedom. God, we ask these things this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 